Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, and welcome to a special edition of the Fan Rag Sports Premier League podcast. I'm Elliot Niblock, and I have the privilege to be joined today by Brian McBride. How are you doing, Brian? Good, Elliot. How are you? I'm, I'm great. Actually, not far from uh, your, uh, your hometown here in Chicago. So. Oh, nice. Oh. Nice. <laughs> So, uh, first and foremost, we're going to talk today about the Dove Men Plus Care Coaching Award. So, this Caring Coaching Award emphasizes that, you know, beyond technique, tactics, and conditioning, care and compassion are also central to a coach's role in mentoring young athletes. So, Brian, could you talk briefly about the role that coaches as caring mentors have played in your development as, you know, a player and a person anywhere from peewee soccer all the way up to the U.S. men's national team? Yeah, uh, coaches have, have been hugely impactful uh, in my life. You know, that's why you know I've teamed up with Positive Coaching Alliance, and my relationship with them um, has has been uh, one that that I view as a strong one. Because you know, when I was younger, uh, I played just about every possible sport you can imagine, um, and coaches had a huge impact on me. In fact, so much so, my high school coach was. Um, basically like my father. He, mm-hmm. he was able to, to get me to focus on uh, not just sports, not just soccer, and, and help me grow as an individual. And I think coaches have that ability. If you take time out to not only help the, the, the athlete get better in the game, but also just the other qualities that, that can help throughout life. So um, I'm very, very proud to be a part of this. Yeah, that's that's great. So, um, you know, you personally having played under Bruce Arena, who's of course returned to the to coach the U.S. men's national team, I was wondering how would you describe him as a coach, both in terms of this, you know, being a, a caring mentor for the whole person, not just the player that we were just speaking about, but also, you know, how he kind of manages the squad and practices in general. Yeah, no, I, I think that's it's a huge point, especially when you get up to, to the professional side there. There's a time um, that you know, there's a time for fun. There's a time to be held accountable, um, and uh, I think Bruce does that uh, perfectly. His man management is what we call it. Um, is is something that that doesn't get enough credit. Um, he, he really builds a, a bond um, with the player the longer he's with them, and, mm-hmm. and I think those are qualities that that coaches um, uh, should have. You know, the, the Caring Coach Award um, is a pretty special thing. It's, it's for youth coaches. It's something that, um, you know, if part of Positive Coaching Alliance is partnered with the Men Plus Care to allow you to vote um, from now until November 10th mm-hmm. uh, for a coach that's been impactful in, in your life, in your child's life, just someone who's made a difference, and uh, it's a it's a great way to to recognize these coaches um, for those qualities. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. So we'll you know quick give a plug that if you want to nominate a caring coach in your community, you can visit positivecoach.org. 
Uh, and they'll give you the link there for that particular award nomination. But yeah, I mean, it, it really is a great thing. I think that, um, you know, this is a different sport, but recently there were some comments about um, the Seahawks defensive back Sherman was talking about how fantasy football sometimes leads fans to think about players specifically in that sport. But I think it's true of, you know, proper football or soccer as well as, you know, not not as the whole person, but when you're mentoring young athletes, that seems to be particularly crucial. I couldn't agree more. I think coaches have the opportunity to um, give feedback in, in many different ways. And, you know, players and, and young kids don't look at a coach as they look at their parents. You know, your parents tell you to do something, and you're like, oh, that's my parent doing it again. <laughs> you know, coaches have the, the capability to, <laughs> to, you know, if, if you understand the person, you can make a, a huge impact in a positive way, mm-hmm. um, not just on the, the, the sports field uh, or whatever sport you're playing. It actually, um, kids take that away and bring it home and bring it into school, and uh, you really can form, help form um, a, a child um, through your coaching. So, you know, speaking of mentoring, not necessarily in a coaching capacity, but in addition to playing under current U.S. manager Bruce Arena, you also, of course, played beside current U.S. forward Clint Dempsey, both at Craven Cottage and for the United States. Um, so I was, I was hoping you could talk a little about, because, you know, during your time together, especially in that dramatic campaign to avoid the drop under Roy Hodgson in 2008, um, sure. You were approximately as senior to Dempsey then as Dempsey is to the budding U.S. star Christian Pulisic now. So I was hoping you could talk about your experience playing with, you know, Dempsey specifically at the dawn of his career, and also what it's like to try to mentor players of a younger ger- generation when you yourself are still on the pitch. Sure. No, that's a great question. Um, you know, uh, I had the chance to, to talk, talk to Clint even before he was uh, coming over. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you get a sense of, of the player and, and the commitment level. And Clint's commitment level has always been um, very, very high. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to mention, you know, when he got to Fulham, he, just like everybody else, you have to prove yourself. And um, unfortunately, he was at a time when, there was going to be some coaching changes. Yeah, you know, every other year there was a, or not even every other year, about a year and a half into his time there, uh, we, they make a coaching change. And then, as with everybody, um, you have to prove yourself again. And um, you know, the, the players that have been there a little bit longer get a little bit easier time. And, and so Clint had to, to you know, fight and really um, work hard to make sure that he was impressing each and every coach and I think that's the that's the type of player that Clint is he's always been somebody that is willing to prove he's uh, he's at a level that is now above most everybody mm-hmm. uh, but at that time a level where he could play and I think that's really you know one of the reasons that he's he's done so many good things is because he's had that drive he's had mm-hmm. that um not just the talent, because the talent alone doesn't necessarily get you. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has the drive and the fortitude to to push through some tough times. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're when you're in that role and 
in the dressing room, right, when, you know, you've you've had a, a long and storied career and at that point a record that he would ultimately surpass but scored the most Premier League goals of any American outfield player. Now, when you're when you're talking about these things, about that the drive on top of the raw talent, I mean, are these things that you're you're saying explicitly in the locker room, or is it something that you kind of just more think, okay, I'm going to lead the next generation by example? Um, no, I think that the conversations you you have that that get deep like that mm-hmm. are one on one. Yeah, not a a big um, big locker room talk. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, with Clint, with Clint and with players like that, there's a lot of times the frustration can get you off track and. What you, what I I thought you need to do is just get back and, and focus on the, the positives. Folk, refocus them to to work harder and um, understand that during your career you're going to have times when people doubt you and mm-hmm. there's going to be either either you turn around you walk away or you just say you know what I'm going to prove them wrong mm-hmm. and I'm going to prove that I'd be out there and you know that was something that. that is an easy talk with Clint because, like I said, he's he's gone through that his whole life, mm-hmm. and um, you know it's sort of been ingrained in him. But sometimes you just have to get players to refocus on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know we we've been talking about Clint Dempsey in the you know early stage of his career and how he's kind of moved through that. Uh, so Christian Pulisic, who's still in that early stage now, right? You know, I mean, he's still still just a teenager, but he's kind of been lighting the world on fire, both you know in the Bundesliga with Dortmund and certainly most recently against Panama with the U.S. Men's National Team. I mean, what how what do you what do you see with him as a player, and how do you feel that the U.S. team is best set up in terms of formation with him in the squad? Oh gosh, you know, I think. Um... We haven't seen a talent like him mm-hmm. uh, at this age, um, and you know it, the the great thing to have is, is a player that has all that ability. Um, his he's got quickness. The technical side is, is there. Uh, you also add in the fact that he's very composed. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's mature for for a, a teenager, and um, you know those are things that that you can't teach that sort of have to come through, um, them figuring it out. And he's, he's got qualities that, um, that no U S player his age has had. Mm-hmm. And so you see a really, really bright future. Yeah. And, you know, now it's about staying healthy about, um, you know, making the right decisions uh, moving forward. You mm-hmm. know, do you, do you stay there at the, at Dortmund, how long do you stay at Dortmund? Um, is it something that you feel like you can reach your goals where you're at, you know, or do you need to move to a bigger club, even though Dortmund is one of the bigger clubs in, in Europe? Mm-hmm. So they're unique problems, they're unique issues. Um, would love to have many more of those type of issues. <laughs> yeah, uh, and certainly he is. <laughs> he is. He is a fantastic player. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking in terms of managing your fitness, uh, I wanted to ask you about some of Bruce Arena's recent comments that in terms of the fatigue of traveling as a professional athlete. So as somebody who played both in England and for the United States, do you re- agree with Arena's assessment that at this time of the year in the season, European-based players can't be expected to play two international games in a week? 
Um, you know, I, I know where he's coming from with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's certain certain things I'd say yes to uh, with that, but I think it, it's more individual. There's certain mm-hmm. players that recover quicker and certain players that don't. Yeah. Um, some of that is due to age. Some of that is due to uh, just the genetic makeup of their body. And um, I, I think the generalization of saying that is probably not the way I would view it. Mm-hmm. But um, I know where Bruce is coming across. He, what you know, when he says something like that, I look at it. And he's lowering expectations for for the press and for. Uh, the players to feel pressure to, mm-hmm. to do that. And I guarantee you inside <laughs> inside the camp, Bruce is like, listen, you got to do everything you possibly can to get healthy. He used to do that um, when I was playing. And mm-hmm. so, you know, the second we'd be off the field, it would be about um, how do you regenerate. And so um, I don't think that's going to change. In fact, I think it's probably gotten better mm-hmm. in in more scientific than when I was playing. Yeah. So the uh, the United States takes on Trinidad Tobago tonight in what looks to be rather wet, even muddy conditions for this final and yet still crucial World Cup qualifier. So I was hoping, could you talk a little bit about the challenges of playing in such conditions, and perhaps if there are particular matches from your career that stand out as you know, perhaps especially miserable, but certainly having been impacted by the weather or the quality of the pitch? Well, I'll answer the first one. I remember playing Ireland in uh, in Boston, and it was, I think it was probably about uh, 37 degrees, raining, and about wind was gusting up upwards of 50 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you had every aspect. I remember Casey Keller pumping the ball, it getting almost to halfway, and then fi- finally when it bounced, it bounced almost right outside his 18. That's how windy <laughs> it was. Um, so there's been some, some, some bad weather, some bad time. Um, the, with the wet field in, in, uh, in Trinidad, I think it, it all depends on how wet it is. If there's mm-hmm. puddles, it's certainly going to chop up the game. You know, it's not going to allow uh, a lot of fluidity, uh, and I, it's going to make it more physical. Um, I think we're we're well capable, uh, well capable of of dealing with that type of setting. In fact, I think it probably affects Trinidad a little bit more in the sense that if there's puddles and the ball's mm-hmm. stopping, it's going to really slow down their counterattacks. Mm, okay. Um, certainly won't help for us to have uh, intricate passing and, and, and tight spaces, which we're going to need to be able to do. Um, but the, the field itself hopefully will be, will be good. I think the other positive thing, if it is, you know, sort of uh, puddly, the ability for us to, to really high press comes in and mm-hmm. not let them out because, uh, you know, for them, it's going to be about pace getting out on the break and, um, if we can press them up high and the ball stops, you know, we've, we've got a little bit easier chance of pressing higher. Okay. So let's, you know, in this potentially muddy affair, let's, you know, knock on wood and sure. say, hope that the U S secures a quali- qualification this evening. So I wanted to ask you from your experience, when you've qualified for the world cup, as you've done multiple times, how does your mindset change in the spring when you're playing club matches 
and you know that you know any injury might keep you out of that World Cup. And does that, and how does that mindset change over the course of your career? Right for your for your first World Cup versus you know you've you've <laughs> not your first rodeo anymore. You've been there. Yeah. Uh, for me, it never changed. Um, for one reason, I knew if I went out and played tentative, I'd get injured. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, having the the knowledge that you know you might miss out on something is, is certainly nothing you really want to think about. But um, the the second you start thinking about it is really when you you stop playing the same way, you, you stop. Uh, basically doing the things that got you to the position you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people are smart enough now, players are smart enough, I hope, to understand that. So, um, you know, looking forward, I don't I don't think, well, for me, I can only answer, I guess, for me, is mm-hmm. it didn't change my mindset one bit. Yeah. It, only, it only made me more determined to, to be fit and be sharp and mm-hmm. playing at the, the highest level I possibly could. Yeah. Well, I've got uh, just one more question here to close out with you because we're just about out of time. But uh, I wanted to just hear simply, you know, you're, again, talked about a United States veteran, legend, U.S. Soccer Hall of Famer. So what what is your favorite memory from your time with the national team? And, you know, if, if you can't pick just one, we're happy to hear a couple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty easy for me. Uh, the, the 2002 World Cup, uh, the whole experience from the day we landed to the day we left was special. Mm-hmm. We came off the 98 World Cup where um, we, didn't, we didn't play well. We didn't play as a team. There was some, some turmoil. Um, and then the 2002 team was like a family. And, yeah. and so much so we had our families with us. Yeah. And, um, you know, that whole experience was, was really special. And one I'll remember uh, as, as just an amazing time. Well, thank you very much for joining me, Brian. I really uh, appreciate your time. You bet. Thanks for having me, Elliot. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.